0: I want people in the audience who have children going through what I've gone through to go, you know what, my kid's Mm going to be okay. I want people who've been through it themselves to go, yeah, I relate to that. Or, oh, there's hope. I want people who think mental illness is weird and why are people talking about it to change their minds.
1: Hey there and welcome to Grit, True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the contemporary personal narrative kind of story and the people that craft and tell them. Now, some weeks a storyteller joins me here, tells one of their stories and we break it down together. Other weeks, we feature stories from our myriad events and other weeks, like this week, we have a conversation with a storyteller. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these storytellers and their stories, and also to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories. Personal stories grit stories. This week, I am joined by Erica Bloomfield. Erica lives out in LA. We met last year, and she will be heading up very soon to the great state of Washington to join NAMI's Brain Power Chronicles, their annual event in which people share mental health-centered stories, kind of like our mental health happiest hour. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, do us a solid. Rate and review this podcast. I know I say that a lot, but it really does help people find it, and we want people to find it. Check the show notes for upcoming workshops and events, including the 99 Second Story Slam and Deja True 3, in which you will hear six stories by the inimitable Swap Shop, six braided stories around the theme of Scarred. Okay, without further ado, Erica Bloomfield, let's dive in. So, we are going to talk about story stuff, right?
0: Yeah. We're going to talk story, right?
1: Especially around like the idea that you're telling a story with Nami's Brain Power Chronicles, which is a great name, by the
0: way. Isn't it
1: great? Yeah, I might steal Not steal it, but be inspired by it. But I remember when we had a conversation about telling these kinds of stories. I don't even know what it means, like mental health story. I don't actually know what that means. So yeah, yeah. I want to hear more about what you think about that.
0: Well... I mean, I think a mental health story could be so many things. For me personally, it's um, about my experience with bipolar disorder. I've heard amazing mental health stories on PTSD and schizophrenia, um, depression. So they're pretty powerful, intense stuff mental
1: health is a weird word it's a charged we both have stories that center on like a a hospital stay, right i had i do i know you do but like mental health is this big thing it's it it could be so much more than just that it could be anything right
0: yeah mental health stories that are from the perspective of people who maybe had a mother who had type of mental health struggle or a best friend or you know a coworker and just how it impacted their lives, and yep. I love that. I love that. I, I will say that there's times where I'm in an audience, and I get it. People grew up maybe with an uh, unstable parent, but their stories sometimes I feel I feel so empathetic for their experience. Right. Um, but a lot of times, often it can be like this person was the worst. They're terrible, and I get that everyone needs to tell their story and express it. Me personally, it's hard for me to listen to those stories. And I feel so bad because there's so much misconception about mental health issues out there, but that's, that is part of it, right? Like there are stories where people with mental health issues may have hurt somebody, but that brings me to the the main point, which is, Mm. or my main Thought is mm-hmm. that these stories are being told, and all stories are being told to find a universality. So even if the experience is so far from what you've experienced, what are, what is the audience going to learn? How are they going to be changed by the story? Right. And so I think it's fine if you had a horrible mentally ill parent. I did. I I did. But I think. consciousness of how it gets put out there for me telling my own personal story and people telling stories about being adjacent because i i even write things sometimes i'm like well that's stigmatizing what you just wrote erica
1: there's not a lot of mental health storytelling organization you don't have an infinite number of opportunities to share your experiences and what they mean to you with the world Mm -hmm. and if you're on a stage virtual or otherwise I hope we're able to make make it so that we want to hear what you're saying. You know what I'm talking about. That's me. And I don't know where to draw the line between, nope, leave it alone. It's their truth versus, yeah, it's your truth. But I, I'm telling you, in most spaces, people are probably going to not be listening by the minute one. I, that's my rant.
0: We also agreed that just in general, our we like stories that are crafted. Yeah. We're that type of storyteller. You write your stories, yep. you rewrite you your stories. I do too. I do get tied to lines. I want to say it the way I wrote it because I love it. I love it. And it took me maybe months to come up with that line. It
1: takes work. It takes thought. It takes energy.
0: Right. And I love it. Like, I love the process and like, I love the writing process and I love the performing process. And I, I craft both. I think that I feel that way about all stories, whether it's about mental health or not mental health. Sometimes people pull it off really great who are more off the cuff and I love their storytelling. Um, I find more often than not, though, that that's not right. how I feel. And that's yeah, yeah. me with any hard story, whether it be a mental health story or any just hard emotional story story. There's so many levels to it. And number one, I think it's a matter of has the information been processed? Has the experience been fully processed by the individual telling the story? And that's true for any hard story, because if you're not if it hasn't been processed and you're still in the midst of, let's say, like extreme anger or the audience may be afraid for you. Unless you're telling a horror story, you want the audience to be. I don't know. I just don't think you want them to be fearful. They can't worry about you on stage. So I think it has to be processed for me. Also, um, usually it's not so much now that I haven't been doing it. Storytelling for that long, but I guess it's been like five years now. When I first started writing, oh, my goodness, my drafts would just be so dark. I'm sure I've performed them out and read yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, or at mics and things like that, open mics. But then I would keep reworking it and I would rework it and I'd think, oh, but you know, there's a moment here I can find humor somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that took years of processing of the experiences.
1: Yeah. Or you didn't see it or you just like, I know this, I'm not going light with this story because this shit's heavy like i think it takes time this is just my take on it like it takes time to be willing to find levity in a painful experience to some degree shows that you're maybe a little better than you were a year ago or 2 years ago or whatever it was like oh okay that was kind of funny
0: definitely yeah to find the levity is so hard but it's so healing yeah so healing
1: i know that you're not telling the story that you will be doing for nami's brain power chronicles here I don't know if you want to talk about that. I'm curious to learn more. And whoever might be listening, we are trying to grow our audience. Like, I want to hear a little bit more about that process. How would you get it? What is it like? Um, When are you going up there?
0: Well, it was so exciting that because it's in um, Washington state, They they did open it up this year because all the uh, rehearsals were going to be virtual. And so I applied. It was a brief summary of your story and then what you hope to achieve by telling your story. And that's what I did. And then I had an interview with Susan Fee the story coach and director and the assistant story coach and director, Casey, who also is the producer of the Seattle Moth. I've told versions of my story and I'm so grateful to every piece of feedback I've ever gotten and every show that ever booked me and people have helped me craft it. Um, But I, I really feel that I had a connection with Susan. I made certain changes that I'd gotten stag- stagnant with. And yeah. she really, she was, she just picked up on things like this. Like, oh, I, yeah. thinking, but I felt that I know what you mean. And she yeah. just really helped me and Casey really put it together in a way that, <laughs> yeah, that I feel really proud of. And it's
1: so hard to do when you, it's so hard to find the right people that you connect with and obviously know what they're doing. Um, that's so good that you found that because it's hard. I I do a lot of feedback stuff, both receiving and giving it's hard. So cool. I'm glad you found that, especially these kinds of stories. Right? We're not talking about like going to the garden and planting a rose. And then you, your gorgeous two-year-old daughter comes in and you kiss and you go to bed snuggling. That's not this fucking story, right? These are big stories. These are hard stories. These are stories that you have told probably in versions of for a long time. I'm glad you found that. It is not easy to find and I'm glad you were open to because it's very easy to say that's my story I'm good
0: yeah I mean I definitely take or leave feedback there are times where I find people's feedback not helpful and I feel like I do my best to take it graciously sometimes I may just think in my head well that person was that person didn't get it at all. You know, I try not to take it personally. And then I really do try to even process things that I may not agree with, Mm -hmm. Um, but I love it. It's such a great feeling when someone says things that enlighten you on either, you know, changes that need to be made or even helping you see what you're saying in a better way. I love when someone echoes it back. This is what I'm hearing. Is that what you mean? Because if not, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And and it was funny because I I did like a second draft of the story. And then I like added all this stuff and changed things too much. Mm-hmm. It was so good at bringing me back to the heart of the story. Right. which I can tell you a little bit. Sure. I basically talk about how, you know, I was this... Successful young woman moving to Manhattan at 18, and uh, you know, felt like all my dreams were coming true. And then I had an experience with a bipolar manic episode. I had been Mm -hmm. working as an actress and at a cafe, this wonderful cafe, Cafe Cento Sete. I worked there for years. I had delusions, I believed, you know, that I was famous. I had people write to me after I did the risk podcast. Mm -hmm. People wrote to me on my Instagram and shared all kinds of beautiful stories with me. And some people also like had this delusion that they were famous. I don't know. I mean, it's been around forever, but it could be just fame culture. But I was into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) you were all in.
0: I was all in
1: you were committed you were in
0: I was drinking cocktails at beauty bar and uh, hobnobbing
1: did anybody ever say like hey Erica love you and I don't think you know what I mean like did anyone check you on that
0: well it was tricky because part of the delusion was that I had to keep it secret and that that
1: adds a different dimension
0: hmm But when everything fell apart and I was, you know, my life was just in shambles, I, my sister and my brother-in-law sat me down and they were like, what is going on with you? And I was like, it's okay, you guys, I know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then they convinced me to go to the mental hospital, but I was kind of like, I was like, wait, maybe, maybe I am crazy
1: what you're sharing here is part of the story that you will share the newest version that you will share in Seattle in when is it? December?
0: Kirkland, Washington.
1: When is your, when is it?
0: It's November 6th, Saturday, November 6th at 7. PM
1: Pacific nice.
0: time. And it's streaming.
1: Oh, cool. Go
0: to Eventbrite or find me on Facebook or Instagram. We'll put a
1: link. We'll put a link. Yeah, actually,
0: the stuff I just told you isn't in the story.
1: Background or extra information?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just, those are the details that came out of my mouth right now.
1: That's cool. <laughs> it's all related. To how many minutes do they give you to tell your story here?
0: 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, most stories that are longer than 10 minutes aren't good. <laughs> That's one thing I've noticed.
0: Yeah, it needs to be really good if it's going to be 10 minutes or longer. I the
1: know. longer ones are hard. And then, you know, I do like the 99 thing. What? Those are really hard. Like, none of them aren't necessarily harder or easier, but I find the extremes are more challenging. Like the five to seven is the sweet spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the story, the story is really about hope. Like it's very hopeful. And my mission has Mm -hmm. always been in, in the best way that I can show that people with mental illness can really fall and really have a hard time And really lose it, but that if there's proper care and proper services, Mm -hmm. community, Mm -hmm. that people can really thrive. And so I try and tell my people with mental illness can thrive, but it's definitely something that needs to be treated. It's a thing. It's an illness. Like any other illness, but because of the stigma, it's not treated well in society. When you go into a mental hospital, it's punitive most of the times. Yes. Like what's with that? Like, why? Like, we're sick. Hello. When you have mental health struggles or you're mentally ill or whatever we call it, it's extremely isolating. Yeah. And so that's what my story reflects, too, is that when I found a place of community, mm-hmm. I really, my recovery really took off. And I, to this day, I know that without my community of friends and storytellers, two of my cousins and my sister, I don't, I would be a mess. It was an instant, you know, I had years and years and years where I could barely get out of bed, even on medication. Is that right? Oh yeah. The mania was able to be reined in with the meds and behavioral lifestyle things. Depression was relentless, relentless.
1: You would be in bed most of the day?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I felt, I felt without hope. I mean, it was after my hospitalization and then I went to the recovery homes and I really did so much better. And then I moved on to my life as a teacher. But there was like a big chunk of time too, where I was battling the depression and it doesn't just go away. Sure. Even, yeah, it doesn't just go away. It's a beast. It's a beast. I fight. I will fight for the rest of my life.
1: Does that piss you off? If you got a little unlucky.
0: <laughs> well, I think it did for a long time. I felt like I lost so much and it was right. unfair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was just so unfair. But now I can't live in that place. I look at it as. I like the person I've become and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be this person if I hadn't gone through my experience.
1: True. So when, when one of the things that I talk about with story stuff is like trying to make pe- help people make stories that are engaging. As you're telling the story, I want to hear what you have to say next. But there's something else I talk about often, which is relatability. And for mental health stories, however we define them, how do you make it relatable to people who may not identify or have dealt with that at all? You have bipolar. I don't have bipolar. Like, how do you bridge that gap?
0: Well, I guess it's the the underlying through, or the through line, the, the thematic through line. So mm-hmm. my story is about Someone who felt on top of the world legitimately, not in a mania, who had the privilege to move to New York City and go to NYU and take acting classes and move down to Louisville, Kentucky and perform at Actors Theater of Louisville and the Humana Festival and go to Amsterdam and short, shoot a short film. And so basically, everyone's felt on top of the world or everyone has a moment in their life where they feel oh my goodness my dreams are coming Mm -hmm, true mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then often unfortunately it doesn't or or one specific one doesn't that doesn't mean later in your life another thing doesn't happen but everyone can relate to feeling like I really want this I'm really close I have one and boom it's gone
1: but that's a little bit of higher-level storytelling right there, or story crafting, right? It's like understanding. Not everyone's had that, but most people have had what you just said. You said it better than I will. That's and, good shit.
0: And and I keep saying hope, 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 hope. But there are so many people who... Get nauseated by a talk like that. And that's fine. I'm never going to reach those people. Like mm-hmm. people who don't like stories that are about hope, they're probably not going to like my stories. But for people who like at the end of a story to feel like, you know what? Yeah, in my life, that really messed up thing happened and something really bad happened to her. Mm. But somehow she clawed her way out of that place. And so did I. Or she did it. And so can I,
1: there are people that don't like that. What do they want? You want to be dead or just more of a sort of down?
0: I mean, I don't think it's personal. I think it's right. people just in general. Don't like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me thinking. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think there's people who are like Ugh, a story about like
1: hope and light. It's funny. Cause I hear, I see in my, from my point of view, I'm like, Oh man, everybody needs, the story that's hopeful. Why can't we just have a story that is just honest and real and isn't necessarily hopeful? So where it speaks to just your reality is what your reality is. You see what you want to see, you know, at least for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that doesn't work for everyone, but at the same time, I'm a realist. And I think often that people who suffer depression just see things more clearly. And more and more honestly, and they don't have this veil.
1: There's a book that I recently read called The Storytelling Animal, I think. I hope I have that right. It's mostly actually around fiction, but there's some themes or ideas that we can use in sort of the personal narrative, nonfiction space. And I don't know how he came to it, but he was proving that people who are depressed tend to see things more realistically. Right. Like it's actually more true and that everybody else. So the others, the others are a little bit more diluted. That's a tough sell. But as somebody who's dealt with depression, I'm on board with that.
0: I'm on board with that too. I think the diluted, I, I like love them. And I have so many people in my life who are that way. And that's great. I love them. And I love them for it. Because if I'm in a really dark place, sometimes that can really bring me back. I don't know. It's complicated. It's all so complicated, but yet at the end of the day, it's all about humanity. It's all about our humanity, and how do you connect your humanity with someone else's humanity? It's a feat. Yep. You
1: it's the craft. It's an art and 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 craft. When you go to Kirkland and it is a live show in person. When I say live, right? So yeah. you're going to go there. They've given you some coaching, what you've seen receptive. You're going to appreciate it. It sounds like, and you're going to fly up there, right? Yeah. And then you're going to land and then you're going to go to the space at some point. And then you're going to meet the people and they might do a run through for tech stuff and all this. And then it's the show and the lights are up and the curtains there. And the first teller goes and you're third. I don't know if that's true. And second, and then you're about to be called. You're going to be nervous. What are you feeling like? I know you've performed a lot in your life. What are you feeling?
0: I feel like like tears springing to my eyes of such excitement and okay. joy. I can't wait. And I played a lot of sports uh, growing up, uh, basketball. And when you play a lot of sports, you get used to pressure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I like it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Right. It's such a great feeling when there's pressure and you've got it. Like you just know that you've prepared, you're ready, and it's like I'm gonna. I mean, I don't know if you're. I Maybe I'm a little weird, where I'm thinking I'm gonna crush. But it's a cool feeling. Like I'm gonna fucking crush this shit.
0: I don't win. Which is also
1: weird, like a mental health story. But that's how I feel.
0: No, that's good. I, I don't I don't want to give myself a Kinahara as we say in Yiddish, a jinx, a Kinahara. No, I'm I'm really just so excited that I'm getting the opportunity to tell this mm-hmm. story. It's yep. for a fundraiser. So even if you can't afford a ticket or can't tune into the live stream or go live, you can donate a dollar. Every dollar helps. Because I just I just want mental health to be financed. and cared about and destigmatized and you know all those things so and also i'm going to be completely honest when you go through hell like i went through it feels really gratifying that maybe somehow you can make a difference
1: yeah you get it in a way that others don't period and that's great that you're trying to make a a difference which can sound sort of trite but it's true
0: I do. I want to make a difference. That's why I became a teacher. What else is our purpose on this planet?
1: Money, baby, money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Again, I want to say brain power, brain power Chronicles is a very good name. I have Googled it and I thought, huh, if NAMI Washington is doing this, maybe NAMI North Carolina or other states are doing it. You know what I found out? They're not. I think it's actually only NAMI. Washington has a program like this, which is like I
0: I want to mention Lauren Simmons, who's the director of NAMI, Washington, and she is the brain power. She came up, I think her and maybe it was a collective, but she's the director of the organization and she's amazing. And this is what she wanted to do.
1: Well, other states get on board and do it.
0: Let's do it.
1: The last question I have, and then I'll sort of say, hey, whatever else you want to share. Uh, Some time ago, I remember, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You remember we had a conversation about, I think it was not necessarily how to craft a mental health story, but it might have been more around like how to approach it. And I'm sorry for this. I don't know if it was from the storyteller's point of view or more of a producer curator coach point of view but you had a few things do you remember that like you had a few things like things you should keep in mind do you remember that yes what were those things
0: well I think we touched on it a little bit Mm -hmm. your story has to be processed that's just the bottom line I had terrible experience but I can't go up on stage and rant. If you rant within it, there needs to be, it has to go to some kind of resolution. Yeah. Otherwise, every story does.
1: It has to be an intentional rant, essentially.
0: Yeah, it has to be an intentional rant. I think the things are, okay, what I try and do in my stories and what I think works when I see it in other stories is that the person has been able to find the levity in this situation, craft it so there's a universality. You want the audience rooting for you. You want to put the audience at ease. You don't want them to be afraid for you. You don't want them to be afraid of you.
1: I would say all of those things are potential, like, Okay, if you want those things, you better be very intentional, and it has to have like reason that fits into the greater story, right? Like you could rant, but if it's truly a rant and not an intentional rant, we probably don't want to hear that shit.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I would say the same thing. Like, oh, like more of like a theatrical device point of view. I'm gonna play the bad guy here because it serves the end. Sure, but if you're just a bad motherfucker and expecting an audience of 200 people who don't know you to be on board with that and root for you. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Right. And also some, so many people would probably be like, well, what is she saying? People shouldn't be authentic or it's not okay to be angry or I can't be like dark and heavy and this and that. And sure you can there could be many people in the audience who dig that. Maybe it's just my personal taste. I like (laughs) I like a process story where someone has insight into their experience, how it's changed them. Yeah. How did they change from the beginning to the end?
1: Right. I agree with you. And I like dark shit and I'm still agreeing with you. And it doesn't have to go from dark to light. There has to be some shift. There has to be some movement. I might be a little bit more open to dark than some other people, but even like super dark stuff, if it's not crafted well, which could mean a lot of things, I'm aware that you went through something hard and I empathize, but from a story, eh, you know what I mean? Like No, uh,
0: I can't write about my parents. It comes out I'm, it's, <laughs> It comes out. <laughs> I don't write
1: about my parents either. Not, nothing ever. right Well, oh, just ask me about that recently. I'm like, no, no, too soon. They're like, dude, too soon? Look at you. Look in the fucking mirror. I'm like, yeah, no, no. nope.
0: For me, too. I'm like, too soon. Nope.
1: I've got other stories I can put together. That one, uh maybe not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave that for my memoir. I'm taking a memoir writing class right now. Oh, wow. nice. Yeah. Because every time I try and talk about it, I can tell how uncomfortable it makes everyone because I'm uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah.
1: First of all, break a leg. Have fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited.
1: I hope it doesn't rain because Seattle rains a lot. That area rains a lot.
0: I know I bought an umbrella very recently because I was like, I don't even have a good umbrella because it never, it rarely rains. LA. Sure. Well, I really appreciate you having me on.
1: Thanks for being on. Uh, Any last thoughts?
0: I want people in the audience who have children who maybe have gone going through what I've gone through to go, you know what?
1: My kid's going to be
0: okay. I want people who've been through it themselves to go, yeah, I relate to that. Or, oh, there's hope. I want people who think mental illness is weird. And why are people talking about it to change their minds? And I want people to open their minds, open their minds, open their minds.
1: As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Erica out in LA and break a leg at the Brain Power Chronicles. Check the show notes for upcoming events and workshops and help us out if you would. Rate and review this podcast if you listen on Apple. Please, right now, stop this podcast. Pause it. Scroll down. Rate it. Review it. Thank you. That is all for episode number 53. Boom.